IU is back in the na national uh, college basketball conversation, and boy, does that feel good. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your daily source for all IU Athletics news. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. Want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen this fine Thursday. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. It's been a long time since Indiana has been in the national basketball conversation for good things at least. Uh, so I thought no better reason to bring on, uh, our good friend, uh, host of the locked on Zags podcast, but more importantly, uh, to this conversation, host of the new locked on college basketball podcast, Andy Patton, Andy, last time we had you on here, we talked about St. Mary's who mm -hmm. then promptly just destroyed Indiana. So, uh, <laughs> did you bring better vibes for IU this time? I, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. It's a, it's a fun team. I'm excited to get a chance to talk about them and watch them this year. Yeah, and it, it is a fun team. They've only played one game uh, officially, had a couple of scrimmage games. I always like kind of just getting thoughts from kind of outside the bubble of IU because mm -hmm. we're kind of so intertwined with, with this daily conversation that uh, I always enjoy kind of hearing what the people outside looking in think. So I'll just kind of start on, on that note. Just what are kind of your initial thoughts about this IU team I don't want to say heading into the season because it started, but early on in the year, what are just kind of your thoughts on this Hoosiers team? Yeah, you know, it's been interesting because I think so much of the conversation around the Big Ten in general has kind of been how it's it's looking like it's a bit of a down year and there's not really a lot of really legitimate title contenders in the conference. And people often, you know, when they talk about the Big Ten, they talk a lot about Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State. And even in years past, you know, Wisconsin has gotten a lot of attention. And, and Indiana is like the basketball school in the Big Ten. And for so long, they, you know, for the last couple of years, they really weren't in that national conversation. And now, in some ways, it's because the rest of the Big Ten is really down. In some ways, it's because Indiana just didn't really lose any talent from last year's team. I think last year's team didn't perform quite as well as they should have, but they they got momentum at the right time, uh, headed into the NCAA tournament in a decent spot. And now they're they're kind of in a, a really good spot with a really talented freshman class. Of course, you return Trace Jackson Davis, a potential National Player of the Year contender. Like, I think that. Indiana being at the top of the Big Ten and being favored to win is is in some ways a product of the Big Ten being a little bit down. But at the same time, like maybe this is Mike Woodson's time, like maybe this is the time to really like hit it hard and and, and take this team to to the promised land or at least uh, to a Big Ten championship, because I think that it's as open as it's been in a long time. And Indiana is as good as anybody in that conference. What the argument I've kind of made a couple of times, you touched on it there. It, I, I've tried to kind of guard myself from disappointment or anything like that when it comes yeah. to IU because it's been such a frustrating uh four or five years at this point mm -hmm. the, the kind of devil's advocate um argument that I make is that basically everybody else got worse and IU just brought yeah. back the same team this is a same team that as I just said lost by I think 25 points to St. Mary's in the mm -hmm. the first round of the tournament 
I mean, is, is that how you view kind of the Big Ten and IU? Is that most teams got worse and IU is just kind of the best of the bunch? How do you kind of judge the the Big Ten? Yeah, I, I think that's that's a, a I mean, a, a obviously very uh, quick way to describe it, but I would say that that's generally the case. I mean, you look around the league, you look at the the immense amount of talent that lost or that other teams lost. You look at you know a, a Jaden Ivy for Purdue to lose that kind of a talented player you look at uh, losing Murray for, for um, Iowa. Like it's just a, it's kind of a, one of those things where I think a lot of teams did not get better. Uh, the transfer portal certainly helps some players. I think Terrence Shannon is an incredible addition for Illinois. And if I was picking a team outside of Indiana to win the big 10, it would be Illinois in part because they have him uh, on board. I think that there are plenty of good teams in the big 10. It's definitely not a bad conference by any stretch of the imagination. There's just not a lot of top end talent. And I think for Indiana, it always helps to get that momentum at the end of the season. Uh, obviously the, the final game for Indiana did not go particularly well, uh, but we've seen this with teams in the past where they, they peak towards the end of the year, they return a lot of players and suddenly they get a lot of momentum heading into the next season. I think a, a really prominent example in recent years as UCLA from a few years ago when they went all the way to the final four uh, in 2021 as a play-in 11 seed, which was very unusual. Of course, we're what Jalen Suggs, 39-foot shot away from going to the national championship game as well. Uh, I remember that pretty well as a Gonzaga guy. Um, but that that UCLA team kind of disappointed, which I'm not saying that that's necessarily what's going to happen with Indiana, but we have seen a framework kind of go in that direction for Indy or for UCLA. Uh, part of the excitement about that team was that they added a, a high-profile freshman in Peyton Watson, along with the team that was basically the same as the team before. Indiana's in a pretty similar situation, so I think a lot of kind of the, the hype and the enthusiasm around this team is going to be how that freshman class looks, and you know particularly how how the how Jaden Schifano looks as you know their star, uh, Jalen Schifano, excuse me, how how he looks kind of in that new role and. and you know, we didn't see a ton from him in the Moorhead State game, but that doesn't necessarily mean all of that much. It's the first game of the year. It was a bad opponent. They won by, what, 35 points or yeah. whatever it was in that game. So I think Hutchifino is going to be a, a huge part of what they do this year. And I think that if he can kind of be as advertised or close to as advertised and kind of fill into the roster spots, uh, along with basically everybody else who was good on that team last year, I think the biggest contributor they lost last year was Parker Stewart. And he's okay but if you, yeah. you know, you're losing six points per game like you're hopefully going to get more than that from from the freshman from hood Sufino. so i think that this is a this is a team that's poised to be a lot better than they were last year and even just a little bit better than they were last year uh is enough to to make a, a legitimate dent in the big 10 just because so many other teams have, have lost really high-end talent yeah through through one game it's hood Shafino, malik renew both of that freshman mm -hmm. class that looked to be um yeah really impressive and that's really the difference in this team from last year because basically everybody else in the rotation was a part of this team so mm -hmm. you kind of turn into those two guys to, to raise the ceiling part of the obviously the players that return and as you mentioned trace jackson davis um he's been in in all the all american teams across the board this season mm -hmm. uh where does he rank to you kind of in this national player of the year discussion yeah, you know, it's it's so I think there's like God, there's like eight, seven or eight guys that I think really contend for like the top five spots. And he's absolutely in that conversation. There's so few guards that are in that conversation. They seem to be so dominated by post players. And there's a, a pretty obvious reason for that reasons 
for that. And most notably the, the NBA's kind of lack of interest in really, really good low post dominant scoring big men who, who don't really stretch the floor all that well. And you look at Drew Timmy, you look at Oscar Shubway, you look at Armando Baycott, you look at Trace Jackson Davis, all of them kind of have a, a pretty similar profile uh, as low post scorers, great rebounders, guys who don't really stretch the floor offensively. You can toss Hunter Dickinson from Michigan into that conversation as well. And I think those are those are the top five bigs. And I think, you know, Marcus Sasser from Houston is squarely in that conversation as well. Jaime Jaquez from UCLA right in that conversation too. So I think that's kind of the the seven that I'm really leaning on for that kind of all-American group. I think TJD could absolutely be in that conversation if if Indiana wins the Big Ten and Trace Jackson Davis performs anywhere close to what Trace Jackson Davis can do, the 18 and eight that he put together last year. If he's around that and they win the Big Ten, it's really hard for me to not imagine that he is at least an All-American, likely an All-American first-teamer, and, and in that conversation. I think you know, Shubway and Timmy are, are are ahead of the pack right now in terms of the National Player of the Year conversation. Uh, they're going to get a chance to play against each other. Whoever wins that game and has a better game is going to be the front runner for a while. I think, uh, but that doesn't mean that they can't be unseated. And certainly uh, any the best player in the Big Ten is almost always going to be in that conversation. And, and TJD has, you know, outside of him and Dickinson, has clearly a, a case to be the best player in the Big Ten. Yeah, and he's going to get a chance to go up against a lot of these guys that are going to be in those mm-hmm. conversations. Dickinson, he's going to get a couple shots at this mm-hmm. year. Um, Armando Baycott at North Carolina, he's going to get yeah. a chance at. And then just getting to play – Arizona, Kansas, and the non-conference slate. Uh, he's going to be on the the national conversation on big, on TVs across the country, which mm-hmm. there's some value to that, some name recognition that uh, plays into that as well. So it's going to be fascinating to see uh, where he kind of finishes up and, and how he sizes up against some of these other uh, top players in the country. I want to talk uh, national title contenders and, and where Indiana mm-hmm. ranks in that. Before we do that, though, let's talk about today's sponsor, Upside. Um, inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining less, or buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why we started using Upside. Upside's an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With Upside, we don't have to cut back because we get cash back on every purchase. It's a simple app. I, I've told you guys about it before. There's a gas station right down the road from me. Drive down there, check in at the gas station, claim the offer, uh, pump the fuel like always. And about 24 hours later, you'll get a notification on your phone that money has been added to your wallet on Upside. So to get started, download the free Upside app, use the promo code LOCKED, get $5 more cash five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase of at least ten dollars upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week that's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the app store so again go download that free upside app use that promo code locked to get five dollars or more cash back on your first purchase big thanks to you guys for making locked on hoosiers your first listen today for your second listen check out locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide locked on sports today available on this app youtube or wherever you get podcasts we just talked about the top players uh, in the country the top teams in the country i use gonna 
factor into that somewhat this season and mm-hmm. and could end up being a big factor if they win some of those UNC, Kansas, Arizona games. Um, who are right now as we're heading into the season kind of mm-hmm. considered the, the top title contenders this year? Yeah, you know, I think uh, certainly Gonzaga is in that conversation. They have been in that conversation for the last couple of years. I think uh, it's really hard to replace a Chet Holmgren and an Andrew Nembhard, which were the two players they lost from last year's roster, two guys in the NBA right now. Uh, And I think the Zags have done a good job of replacing those players, but they have some holes on the roster. Rim protection is going to be an issue for them. But offensively, they're one of the most dynamic well-rounded scoring teams in the entire country and they're they have a murderous non-conference schedule they're playing Baylor they're playing Kentucky they're playing Texas they're playing Alabama they're playing in the PK 85 so they'll probably get a shot at Duke and or Florida Uh, it's a a really really challenging schedule for them in the non-conference certainly North Carolina um, and Kansas your your two player teams in the national championship last year they're both going to be back and right in that conversation as well for North Carolina to return four starters and then add Pete Nance from Northwestern who averaged 14 per 14 points per game last year that makes them really really dangerous uh, Kansas and Kentucky uh, are always in this conversation every single year and that is not going to change for this season as well and then I think really the only other two teams, really the next team is definitely Baylor. Uh, Scott Drew has done such an incredible job with that program. And Keontae George is my pick for freshman of the year over Nick Smith at Arkansas. I think Keontae George is just such a dynamic player. He can do a little bit of everything. And he, he's such a perfect fit for what Scott Drew likes to do with his guards. The same thing that really killed Gonzaga in that national championship game a few years ago. Keontae George fits that perfectly for the Bears. So those are kind of the teams right there. There's certainly some other teams kind of on the fringes. I think Arizona could be a team that that contends. Uh, Creighton is a team that got a lot of hype in the preseason. They didn't look super great in their first game, which is something to monitor, but they have a lot of experience returning on that roster. So I think they're going to be in that conversation too. And Indiana is, is in this conversation. I think they're less proven than a lot of the other teams in the sense that yes they're returning a lot of players but they're returning a lot of players from a team that went nine and eleven in the big ten last year so that's kind of where the 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 freshmen really need to step up and, and there's no indication that they won't but I think that's a huge part of their potential success this year and then kind of the last element is really the the outside shooting and where that's going to come from and are they going to be able to consistently knock down open shots you mentioned uh Kentucky. You mentioned the the really the entire non conference schedule for mm-hmm. Indiana. I mean, yeah. North Carolina's in there, Kansas is in there, Arizona's in there, Xavier's yeah. even a team kind of on the, oh, the yeah. border of, of top twenty five. They go to Xavier next week. I use going to have its chances to prove itself. Uh, I, I do want to briefly just mention because you mentioned Kentucky and Mike Woodson again talked about the IU Kentucky series. Uh, mm-hmm. On Wednesday, he said, Cal and I are very good friends. We've been very good friends for many years. My thing is, I can't say a whole lot until there's a contract inked, but yes, I would love to see the game back in play. I know he's mm-hmm. for it and I'm for it too. Um, that would be another team that IU could mm-hmm. regularly kind of stack itself up against. But yeah. I, you, you kind of mentioned what my next question was going to be in. How does mm-hmm. IU get into this national title conversation? Is it I mean, is it just kind of as simple as prove it against these Kentucky or excuse me, Kansas's, mm-hmm. UNC's, mm-hmm. Arizona's, the, that kind of stretch they have? Do they just basically have to to prove that they belong up there in those stretch of games? 
You know what I think is interesting about uh, teams in conferences like the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, especially compared to you know my fandom as a Gonzaga fan, and what Gonzaga needs to do to really stay in the national conversation, which they've done very successfully, is is really you got to win those non-conference games for mm-hmm. Gonzaga. They they have to. For yeah. a program like Indiana in the Big Ten, they don't necessarily have to. Now, if Indiana gets smoked by Arizona, gets smoked by Kansas, gets smoked by North Carolina, and is like not competitive in, in any of those games, I don't think that's particularly likely. But if that were to happen, yeah, it's going to be tough to make that up. Even if you do well in the Big Ten, those that's going to sting. It's probably going to more further the narrative that the Big Ten is down rather than furthering a narrative about Indiana specifically. But I do think for Indiana, those games, especially with how early some of them are, is going to be a really nice test. Uh, Again, because they return so many players, most of these guys have played together and have gone through the gauntlet of the Big Ten already, but the freshmen haven't. And so for them to get a chance to play against some of these really good teams early in the year, that prepares them to be ready for when, you know, when December, late December hits, when the Big Ten season starts and they got Michigan and Michigan State and Wisconsin and et cetera every single week. I think those games are less about showcasing the upside for Indiana and more about how can we get our team ready to gel so that we are peaking? Because, again, a a team like Indiana can peak later in the year. They can peak in March. They can peak in February. It, it, it takes winning a couple of games in the Big Ten tournament, and that can boost you one, two, even more potentially lines on the on the seed for the NCAA tournament just because, you know, the, the teams you got to beat to get through the Big Ten tournament championship, you know, it's different than who Gonzaga's got to beat. Let's put it that way, you know, and so <laughs> it, it creates a situation where uh, for, for Power 5 programs, especially in Big Ten, Big 12, uh, the ability to to kind of just peak at the right time is really helpful. And I think uh, kudos to Mike Woodson for putting together a tremendously challenging schedule. And I think it timed out well that this non-conference slate is, is a tricky one with an experienced team because it'll hopefully allow the, the guys who need to kind of mesh and gel in that unit are going to get to do it against really good teams early in the year. They might take some losses. It'd be shocking if they didn't take some losses out of that group. Yeah. Uh, not, not a knock on them, just that's a really hard schedule. Uh, but those losses are, are hopefully – uh, going to create teaching moments for the coaching staff and and some development uh, to the point where when you get to those moments in March or late February and you're kind of trying to peak at the right time that the pieces have all kind of come together at the right time and that team can 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 go on a nice little run and potentially you know bump their seed line be in that conversation for you know a two or a three seed uh, come March and then at that point you know it's anybody's game. This is and to that point that's kind of what you want a, a veteran team to do is mm-hmm. go up against these these teams like UNC, mm-hmm. these top five, top 10, top 15 mm-hmm. teams. And mm-hmm. because as you said, they've kind of, they know what to expect. They've been there and yep. done that a bit in the big 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next challenge is to do it against the the best of the best. And yep. the hope being that, you know, that kind of pays off down the road and you start peaking at the right time and you get into the tournament and you're familiar mm-hmm. playing teams that are that good, that quality, and uh, hopefully pays off in a, a run in the NCAA tournament. Last mm-hmm. thing, I guess it, it's early on. It's a lot of projection, but I guess right now, where do you kind of see the the likely kind of outlook for IU this season? Is it Big Ten title? Is it kind of competing there, Sweet Sixteen? And where does that kind of all fall for you right now? Yeah, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit there. I think this team is going to be right in the conversation for a Big Ten championship. You know, they're preseason favorites for a reason, and and 
you know, yes, they, they didn't finish particularly high last year, but they're experienced. They were not a team that lost like a huge, you know, highly impactful contributor, like basically everybody else in the conference yeah. did. They don't have to replace a Keegan Murray or a Jaden Ivy or, you know, players of that caliber. So I think they're going to be, I think they're going to go into the big 10 tournament with one of the top seeds. It's anybody's game. Once you get there, the big 10 tournament could be won by just about anybody, but I think they're going to get uh, a top seed going into the tournament, regardless of what happens there, I think they're going to find themselves between like three, four, five seed. I think three seed would be a really, really nice result for this team. I, I think it's it's absolutely possible. And I think anything lower than like, you know, certainly you don't want to be on that eight line or even that seven line is, is not so fun. Uh, so somewhere in the three, four, five range would be, it would be phenomenal. And I think that at that point, you know, you got to hope you don't run into a red hot St. Mary's team, like what happened last year. Uh, but certainly there's a, there's a great opportunity for this team to then make a run into the sweet 16. And from there, when, once you get to that point, you just got to be hot. You just got to be, your players have got to be peaking at the right time. Uh, for Indiana, I think the biggest question mark that they'll run into at that point is is the outside shooting. If if they're not consistently knocking down threes, then teams are just going to bottle up Trace Jackson Davis as much as possible, force them to shoot from the outside. If they can't knock them down, they're, they're susceptible to even a loss to a team that's not as good as them. I think that the, when when good teams lose to smaller mid-major programs in the NCAA tournament, there there's not always a rhyme or a reason, but poor outside shooting tends to be something that can bury some of those teams. So for Indiana, that's definitely something that are going to need to to have ironed out and to be, you know, doing it at the highest level that they can do it uh, when they get to the NCAA tournament. But I think this team has the potential to be a three, four seed and well into the sweet 16. And at that point, you know, you just win a couple more games and all of a sudden, all of a sudden it's one of the best seasons in the school history. Yeah. I always think back to that, um, the Kentucky team that had John Wall and, and mm-hmm. DeMarcus Cousins and as supremely talented as they were, they go mm-hmm. down in the tournament because they shot like two of, of whatever from the three yep. point line. And yep. yeah, in games like that, where the margins are so thin, they got four of 32 mm-hmm. that game. When the margins are so thin, they're going to, I use going to have to prove that they can make yeah. three pointers this year, which is one of the biggest questions hanging over this team. Mm-hmm. Andy, appreciate you coming on. Let people know where they can, can find you and more importantly, find this new podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Andy Patton, CBB. Uh, the Locked On College Basketball Podcast doesn't have socials yet. We're still working on that, but you can find the uh, feed on any platform that you get podcasts. They also have a YouTube channel, so just search Locked On College Basketball. Find it on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Got tons of great content coming out there. Five days a week podcast. Also plenty of shorts and, and video clips as well. It's going to be a lot of fun to get that going off the ground, co-hosting it with Isaac Shade of Locked On Tar Heels. So uh, kind of got West Coast, East Coast flair for that podcast, and I think it's going to be it's going to be a really fun one. So any College Hoops fans, uh, definitely make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out. No bias in that one, West Coast and East Coast in that. So <laughs> be sure to check that out, guys. We've had Isaac on here as well. It's a great host for that show. We'll be back here in a moment, or I will, to uh, preview tonight's game for Indiana. Before we preview tonight's game, though, let's talk about our one of our other sponsors today, BetOnline.net. They are your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. If you guys are feeling frisky, you want to bet on the uh, IU football game this weekend, it is a gargantuan spread. Uh, it is IU as a 40-and-a-half point underdog 
That line's jumped around all over the place. It's been as low as 38, as high as 41. I'm going to be honest, when you get to that point, it feels like semantics with how how much uh, somebody is favored. Um, there is no line for the IU Bethune-Cookman game. Probably not shocking. Like, it is a... Uh, it is not a big game. There will almost certainly there'll be a line, I would imagine, for IU Xavier next week. So make sure you guys are using Bet Online to get all of those bets placed. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. IU is in action tonight. It will not be one of those premier non-conference games, not yet, but it will be. On Big Ten Network. So uh, for a lot of you, this will be the first time you can watch IU this season. IU versus Bethune-Cookman, 8.30 p.m. tonight. You'll get to watch. You just might need some coffee or Monster Energy to watch it. It'll be at Assembly Hall on Big Ten Network. This is actually the first meeting between IU and Bethune-Cookman. We've said that a lot. What we've also noticed a lot is that uh, a lot of these programs have connections to IU or Mike Woodson. In this scenario, Mike Woodson, obviously coach at IU, played in the NBA for a while, coached in the NBA for a while, played with Reggie Theus at uh, Kansas City and Sacramento Kings for 195 games. Reggie Theus, now the Bethune-Cookman coach. He also served briefly in the NBA as a coach as well, I believe, of the Kings themselves. Uh, so two guys who um, have been both a college coach now and an NBA coach. Theus uh, has coached at New Mexico State, Sacramento Kings, uh, the G League, Los Angeles Defenders, Cal State Northridge, and Bethune-Cookman. So there's your IU-Mike Woodson connection with that one. Some things I'll be watching in this one, Trace Jackson Davis and him getting into a groove. Um, it, not that he played poorly necessarily against uh, or in the first game of the season, but more that, as we've said before, this is their final tune-up before the Xavier game, which is going to be a tough test. You just in general want your best player playing good before a big test like that. So things looked easy. I'm not really worried necessarily about um, his – status at all. Uh, Mike Woodson did talk about the wrap on his hand and the injury that Trace is dealing with. Uh, he didn't give a lot of details. Um, he did say that it is a thumb injury. It says it's not broken. Um, something that he's going to be able to play, th play through, excuse me, not really necessarily certain on uh, how long it's going to take for him to overcome this and, and not have to wear this wrap anymore and, and things of that nature. But um, he talked about all of this on Wednesday. He had a pregame Zoom press conference. So um, it doesn't sound like something that's going to impact him, but you will notice if you haven't watched IU yet this year, he has a pretty sizable wrap and kind of cast on his right hand. He's left-handed, so it's not really impacting anything, and it doesn't look like it's really changing how he's playing at all. But it is a note that there is a an injury there of some sort. But mainly just getting him firing all, on all cylinders. Um, 
big game from him would be nice. I mean, again, it's not like he played poorly on uh, in the first game on Monday, but um, just play a, a big game from him would have me even more confident heading into that Xavier game. Xavier Johnson is the other one that I'm going to be watching out for. It hasn't been smooth sailing for him. Um, it never really is with Xavier Johnson. Uh, so just seeing him have a, an efficient, no fouls, like uh, a game that he had late in the second half last season um, where he's kind of controlling the game and not picking up those silly early fouls and getting in foul trouble and not having wild shots or turnovers, just that controlled Xavier Johnson game. I'd like to see one of those. There wasn't, there hasn't been a lot, even in the preseason or exhibition slate, of Xavier Johnson, Trace Jackson Davis pick and roll. I don't know if that's something that they're going to break out in this game. I don't know if it's something they're saving. I don't know if it's something they just don't plan on doing. It worked so well last year, but now obviously there's more options around with Jalen Hood, Shafino, Malik Renew, the role guys uh, stepping up in different ways. I'm just kind of interested if that's something that they're not really going to do a whole lot of. Is it something that they're going to, that they put a pin in and they're going to break out at some point? Uh, just the degree to which they plan on doing that, I'm kind of interested to see as well. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. I meant to mention this at the top and I forgot, but we have a football preview crossover with Locked On Buckeyes. Again, a bonus episode that'll go up today. We're in basketball mode, so I'm only doing these football previews, to be quite honest, if other uh, if the other podcasts are asking me. Uh, but th- that will go up as a bonus episode. So be sure to listen to that as well. We'll be back tomorrow to preview or to recap the men's basketball game, preview the women's game as well. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to the podcast, all of that great stuff. Leave a rating and review. Go listen to Locked On College Basketball. Go Hoosiers. And as always, guys, Elio.